Let's turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. Later in chapter 26, we've been looking at the structure of the rejection right through to end of chapter 27. We're looking at the prosecution of the Lord Jesus. He is arrested. We've noticed that he is accused in chapter 26, 57 and following. Then he is assaulted, chapter 26, 67. 7 to 27 26 and so that's where we, <clears throat> we have been looking and now we look at he is assassinated in chapter 27 verse 27 to 56 and so that's the journey we've taken and this is where we're at and just covering a section at a time of these very large chapters 60 or more verses <clears throat> in verse 27 of chapter i mean Yeah, 27 of 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered him, the whole band of soldiers gathered unto him. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spit upon him, and they took the reed and smote him on the head. And after they had mocked him and took the robe from off him, they put his own raiment on him and led him away to be crucified. I'm sorry, to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the account given of the suffering of the sovereign son of God. There he took our punishment, paid the price for our sins. I pray that we would never forget that and always be thankful for that, that we don't have to pay the price for our sins for eternity in hell, but we've been delivered from such a terrible, terrible thing, which is hell reserved for the devil, made for the devil and his angels. But the Lord, Lord, you do not want any to go there. Thank you for what we see at the beginning or in the midst of this study tonight of your going to the cross, all the false accusations, all the things that were done. And I pray that from this might flow from our hearts of uh, uh, love, compassion, gratefulness, grace and mercy, looking at the example of the Lord Jesus. Bless us now as we look at these words in Jesus' name. Amen. We notice, first of all, the soldiers in this account in verse 27 to 31 that we read and verse 32 we covered. We see their cohort in verse 27 <clears throat> then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus in the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. They took him into the common hall. Think of what the Lord had already been through to this point. There was the agony in the garden where he sweat great drops of blood as he prayed earnestly to his father three times, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He, was, he had been beaten and bullied by the Sanhedrin. He'd been marched to Pilate. 
to Herod, back to Pilate. Examined by Pilate, scourged by Pilate. In fact, last week as we looked at the <coughs> six accounts, three by Jews and of the trials of the Lord Jesus and three by, Gentile, <coughs> by Gentiles. <coughs> so his body was throbbing with pain, yet he was enduring. Remember that, and we'll look at that as we close in the study tonight. <coughs> now he was given to these soldiers to be abused by them, and they gathered him the whole band of soldiers. I don't know if you've been amongst unsaved men when they get in a big group like this. <clears throat> and the things they get up to, the things they say, and the things they talk about, not very nice. And these were rough and ready people. These were used to brutality and making order happen by force. And so here they were treating the Lord Jesus, given over to these wicked soldiers to do as they pleased. And they did. So we see their cohort there, and we could talk about the soldiers, but move on from them and uh, their contempt, their attitude that they had, the contempt for the Lord Jesus. What did their contempt for him and his claims make them do? You see, this is, they, were, they were listening in. They were hearing what he, the Lord Jesus had been accused of. He's, he said that he is the king of the Jews. Maybe some of their soldiers have been making up the sign. He is king of the Jews, put it over his head. And they, they, the, the, the Jews said, pull it down, that's not right. He said, he said he was king of the Jews. <laughs> no, what I've said, I've said. What I've written, I've written, I think, was it? Pilate said. So <clears throat> they robbed him. This is what their contempt did. They stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe because we know what they did with the robe later on. They bartered for some and divided up the other. So they robbed him in verse 28. And the shame of what they did there to him. And all probably in jest as Roman soldiers and mockery and contempt. In verse 29, And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. <coughs> crown of thorns you know what a thorn's like when it goes in and the pain of it this is a whole crown of thorns not little rose thorns either and they put it on his head no they rammed it on his head we could say they forced it there they didn't care what they were doing here in the death of our saviour and they plaited a crown of thorns and that wouldn't have been very easy to do to make either uh, maybe it was uh, green, green stalks and bent easier in a circle. And so they ridiculed, they robed him and they ridiculed him and they put on him the crown of thorns, put it on his head <coughs> and a reed in his right hand and they bowed the knee. So in their contempt for him, they robbed him, they ridiculed him and they read it, if you could put it in another word, readed him, kneeled before him. They <coughs> were mocking in what they did, their contempt for him. And we'll deal with the thought of hail king of the Jews because that thought comes up in verse 37. This is Jesus king of the Jews and verse 42. He saved others himself he cannot save if he be the king of Israel. 
but we'll deal with that on another day. And so <clears throat> they redid him. Now, notice there that they smote him. Where do you think they might have smitten? What might have they hit? His body? But probably hit the crown of thorns on his head harder. And hit that down, making it more, all the more painful. Now the crown of thorns. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17. <clears throat> and you already know this is talking about the fall of man, is it not? Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17. And the Lord said unto Adam, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. <coughs> In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return to the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, unto the dust thou shalt return. <clears throat> Thorns and thistles were a part of the curse, were they not? Before that there was no thorns and thistles, and after it's all said and done there'll be no more curse either. The Lord will remove the curse. And praise the Lord, he has power to do that. But he was bearing the curse and the results of the curse. The crown of thorns was forced onto his head. They plated a crown of thorns. And he became a, a byword, a curse for us. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. This is what the Lord is going through to bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Chapter 3 and verse 10. We read there. <clears throat> For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, we cannot work our way to heaven. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. We couldn't keep it. Broke one, broke all. Being made a curse... For us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He bore the results of the curse. He brought the curse because of the sin of man. He bore the curse. And praise God, it changed it all for us, didn't it? He was cursed that we might go free. Wonderful thought there. So they readed him, they crown, the crown of thorns, a symbol there of the curse. When a cohort of wicked men inspired by each other, they go way beyond their normal behaviour, insults and injustices and insensitive. Today in our society they try to outlaw these things by legal means, but you can't outlaw the old human nature. 
they smote him, it says in verse 30, as we um, read that one before, and that means they kept on beating and pushing the thorns in. They become vile and violent and vicious like wild beasts, feeding off each other in their evil acts. And uh, maybe, maybe you've seen that in the schoolyard. And you get on, pick on someone and they just go to town on that person, the young fellas and things like that. You learn a lot about human nature when you see that sort of thing. Let's turn to Psalm 22. Psalm 22 and verse, <clears throat> well, several verses here. This is where the, the is messianic psalm of the suffering saviour. Well, in verse 6, I am a worm and in no man a reproach of man and despised by the people. All they who see me laugh me to scorn. They contempt for the Lord. They shoot out the lip. They shake their heads saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. Seeing he delighted in him. How literally all these things were fulfilled when it actually happened. Down in verse 16, <clears throat> you could read all the others. But For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. And so these things were literally happening on the time we're reading about in Matthew chapter 27. <clears throat> they were feeding off each other in like bulls of Bashan like dogs, like dogs have compassed me about. It reads in the, in the psalm there. <clears throat> A terrible position. They laughed him to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They gaped upon me like ravening and roaring lions. And he was bearing this in his body as he was being <clears throat> prepared for crucifixion, handed over to the Gentiles. So he endured the cross, and we'll see that a little in a little time. Turn to back to Matthew chapter 27 and verse 31. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. <coughs> so after they'd mocked him, they put his own robe. After their feral animal activity and horseplay, they led him to his crucifixion. Think for a moment, where are all these people now? Hmm. Well, there's a cohort of soldiers now. Maybe some of them got saved by the grace of God. But any that didn't get saved, the moment of their death, who did they see? The resurrected Lord. Well, they were just shrunk before him because they knew what they'd just done. And it wasn't that many years, probably a few of them died pretty early. And here they were facing now the judge. They judged him, they treated him with contempt this cohort did and so <clears throat> in the course of activities this is what they were doing but think of them facing the Lord and I keep on thinking of that and I mentioned it last week last week <clears throat> everybody that dies on the moment of death they realize the reality of eternity they're there and cannot change a thing oh that they would prepare to meet their maker before they die but after they after they died what a reaction 
What a shocked look on their face. They thought it all finished. That was the end, and that's not the end. It's only the beginning of eternity. And verse 32. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear the cross. They led him away to be crucified. Staggering beneath the weight of the wooden beams of the cross, the Lord emerged from the common hall to which the soldiers had taken him. His face was now set toward Golgotha and if it's where we walked, it's quite a walk, particularly in the state of his physical body. Up there on the uh, northern side of the old city, there's a Via Della Rosa, they call it, if that's where he went. And it's go along for six foot and up a foot and go along for six foot and up a foot and just goes constantly up the hill until you turn right and go out the gate at the top. Yeah, <laughs> you walk that way. And then, then it was further up a little, then it straight into the garden tomb where the place of the skull is. And you can picture it, you don't forget there when you've been there to see that. <clears throat> and so they got, they compelled this man as his strength, the Lord's strength physically failed after all that he'd happened. A lot of people would have died by this. And the soldiers recognising that he couldn't do it physically, he, ha- he didn't have the ability. They got this man called Simon. He was of the city of Cyrene in North Africa. And some think that he was a, a black man being from there. If so, he was probably a proselyte, <clears throat> for he had a Jewish name, Simon of Cyrene. And the Cyrene Jews had several synagogues in Jerusalem. And they're recorded, that's recorded in Acts chapter 2, verse 10, and chapter 6 and verse 9. After Pentecost, the Cyrenes were active in spreading the gospel. Let's just turn to Acts chapter 11. And verse 20, Simon of Cyrene, bearing the cross, carrying the cross. Acts chapter 11 and verse 20. And some of them who were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which they were come to Antioch, spoke of the Grecians preaching the Lord Jesus. And, and go to chapter 13 and verse 1 of these people of Cyrene. Now they, they were in the church that was in Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon and who was called Niger and Lucius the of Cyrene and Menin who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord of Cyrene. These people were scattered around. This is up in Antioch where we read of that. And uh, <clears throat> it's possible that Simon was amongst these people. I'm sure he believed afterward. Well, I know he did. <laughs> if you go to Mark chapter 15 and verse 21, the Gospel of Mark 15 and 21, it mentions Simon of Cyrene's sons. We read... And the son said unto him, Father, oops, I'm in Luke. (laughs) We've all read it by now. (laughs) And they compelled, (coughs) 
one Simon of Cyrene who passed by them, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. So <clears throat> he had two sons, one called Alexander and one called Rufus. It, because we're not there, we oh, this is his son or that's him, or their family from over there or they're from North Africa. But as you read through the Bible and compare scripture with scripture, you come up with, you paint a picture. So Simon's sons were Alexander and Rufus. And it's likely that Rufus was the same one referred to in the, one of the lists in the of people in Romans chapter 16 and verse 13, where the Lord, uh, Paul is thanking the Lord for people that were helpers and servants in the ministry. If so, the encounter in Matthew 27, 32, that we're where we are tonight, was a providential meeting and we can imagine that years later that Simon, his family, his two sons at least and their mother never tired about talking on the occasion that they were there, he was there on the spot, dad was there on the spot and he was made by the soldiers, here you, you look strong, come here, carry the cross, bear the cross, bear the cross, that they didn't cease talking about it, it was an experience and really, when you realise that this, this goes down in history, this is one that's recorded in the scripture and it's not going to change. At the time of the crucifixion, however, Simon may have shrunk from the idea, the thought of it. He was just amongst the crowd, I don't know. Shrunk from the idea of carrying the cross. It may have res he may have resented the shame and been compelled to associate with bearing the cross. But he did. And he was made too. Is it not so with us? Let's carry this a little bit further in our thoughts. Is it not with us that we shy away from the cross? When witnessing to people, we tend to shy away from the cross. When walking the Christian life, we tend to shy away from the cross. The cross is a place of death. The cross is a place of agony the cross we need to own up to and take the cross do we not how often should we take the cross look at second corinthians chapter 4 and verses 10 and 11 this is in second corinthians chapter 4 verse 10 and 11 as simon might have been we can't say he was but he did bear the cross and later he was pleased he bore the cross, folks. Now today he, he, he's in heaven and he's glad he bore the cross because his own sons followed in the footsteps and were servants of the Lord. He bore the cross. Fathers, take up the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and bear the cross because your children are looking on. <laughs> Parents do that and Christians do that before others as well. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 10, <clears throat> where we read, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we who, are, who live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. <laughs> We're always bearing the cross for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. And so are we going to daily take up the cross? 
bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean we go around Melbourne and, you know, we're like at a funeral, but we do bear the cross. We take on the consequences of naming the name of Christ, which in our society is it's not so, too bad, but it can, they can mock you. And that get, do get on your case. You've probably been there and suffered that. Persecuted and not forsaken. Bearing the cross on a daily basis. Bearing it dutifully. If we go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, and the Lord Jesus, before he was crucified, knew what was coming. And he said we ought to bear his cross. In Matthew 10 and verse 37. <clears throat> Daily bearing the cross. Fulfilling, the suffering, fulfilling up the sufferings of Christ. And chapter 10 verse 37 of Matthew. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me. Wait a minute. Father, yeah. Or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. So, <clears throat> dutifully bearing the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he has commanded us to, take up your cross and follow me. What might the cross mean as you follow the Lord Jesus to you? How is it that you're suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ? How is it that you bear the shame of naming the name of Christ? Or are you so quiet and hidden and protected that you're not facing it? We need to bear the shame of the cross along with the Lord. Like Simon carried and bore the cross for the Lord Jesus. Literally on that day we are to, are to do that daily dutifully and delightfully if you turn to Matthew 16 and verse 24 I'm glad to follow the Lord <laughs> I'm going to do it delightfully not only dutifully hey the apostles before they before Pentecost were hiding and away from everybody but after they got the power of the Holy Spirit upon them they were bold as lions <laughs> They went out and they were telling the truth and they didn't care of the results. Cast into prison and sung in the prison, all beaten up, bearing in their body the mark. Paul said, I have borne in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He said, have a look on my back. I'm beaten, what, three times, 40 times. I have the marks and scars. At the end of life, he was pretty beaten up. <laughs> But when he got to glory, he got a new one anyway. <laughs> well, he's going to get a new one, a new body. And so let's do away with the old, and it doesn't matter if we receive the scars. Are there any scars that you have from being in the battle for the Lord Jesus? Have we borne his cross, or have we shirked away, shied away from bearing his cross? Well, delightfully we bear the cross. Chapter 16 of Matthew and verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. <coughs> what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or man, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You, know, <coughs> you lose it if you try to save it, but you save it if you lose it. What is it costing you to be a Christian? They're getting through scot-free, as it were, not bearing the cross like Simon did. Delightfully taking on the cross. Let him deny himself, take up his cross. Remember that. Keep it in mind. Don't forget that saying the Lord has said. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. There are three occasions where Paul goes through the list of things, and this is not necessarily one of them, but he goes through a list of things that he bore as marks in his body that he bore for being a Christian. And the more and deeper you get in and to following the Lord, the, you, the more you spend and are spent for him, the more marks you'll get. The more whippings you'll come across. The more grievances that will come your way, yet oh, the, the way of the cross is not an easy path. But we ought to delight in it because of the end result. Chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians and verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity it is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel, and the gospel includes the cross. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. And I say delightfully as well. <laughs> But if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power in the gospel. He gave the gospel freely. He preached the cross freely. And it cost him and it cost him. He, he worked hard. He worked at night making tents. He got on the road and the robbers robbed him. You read about the occasions where they did what they did to him. He was bearing the cross of the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and we, we think in our natural minds, well, if you're serving the Lord, it's all going to go well. We were talking about the city of God this morning, weren't we, Troy? He's out. <laughs> the, the, the city of God and Augustine and, and uh, what, what occasioned him to write that when, the, when all the things burnt down and the, the enemy came in and burnt things down. And he wrote the city of God, you know, what his emphasis was will take your eyes off the earthly things they're all going to burn they're all going to tumble down one day and all going to be done away with but set your affections on things above and that through preaching the cross i do it willingly i do it delightfully not of necessity it's not laid upon upon me and i hate doing it we ought to delight to do it in colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 colossians 3:23 Bearing his cross as Simon bore the cross. Chapter 3.23 And whatever you do, <laughs> do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So are you going to be able to get to the end? And say with Paul, I have fought a good fight, I have kept the faith, I've run the course, I've marked all over, 
and I'm going to die a martyr's death, but praise be to God. <laughs> or are we going through life and avoiding the hard issues, avoiding bearing the cross daily, dutifully and delightfully? I pray not. I pray that we are willing to pay the price of the cross. <clears throat> Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured what? The cross. All these things leading up to it. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See the end? It's worth it. It will be worth it all, we sing. Weeping may endure for a night, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. In, at, at the, in the very presence of God for eternity. That's where we'll all be in a hundred years if we're saved. You know, all, all the pain gone. Memory's gone, you know. Wait, remember going to the dentist or something horrible. <laughs> Well, whatever it was. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and before it, you knew it was coming, the date was set, and oh, the pain of thinking of doing it. But after a few years have gone, you can't remember it. <laughs> it's gone, and in eternity, when we're in heaven with the Lord, you know, weeping may happen now, but joy in the morning. <laughs> Tribulation endureth but for a little time. We need to endure Endure, endure in the hard times of this life. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 17, and this goes a little bit along with what we're talking about this morning, the tree that's on a hill on its own is, puts its roots down and it's tough to, it's not a pushover. And there there's no good roots in Mark 4 verse 17. And it says if they don't have good roots, they won't endure. You need to get your roots down into the word of God because there's going to come a time when you've got to bear the cross and you won't endure. You won't make it through. How many would be here or could be here if they had endured, if they had their roots in the Lord Jesus Christ? They would still be among us. Let's turn to Titus chapter 2 and the Lord is encouraging us to do these things. Endure. He set the example for us in bearing his cross. Simon set the example of bearing the cross of the Lord Jesus. We're going to Titus chapter 2 and verse 3, where we read, And the, <coughs> sorry, it's 2 Timothy. I've got T. <laughs> that just didn't read right. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 3. Thou, yes, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier. Strong roots into the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2.10 We read, therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may be also obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I endure these things. I go through the pain. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5 and Paul is encouraging this young man, Timothy, to be what he ought to be in ministry, bear the cross. 
but watch thou in all things endure afflictions you know we get a little we, we get someone say something to us and we get our nose out of joint as a Christian and then we're off and don't come back to church where's the endurance where's bearing the cross we get offended by unsafe people or relatives doing things to us and we say well, if that's what it's all about I'm quitting you know it's going to have eternal consequences for those that quit and it won't be nice we need to endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist Paul said you're going to, you're going to face it Timothy get ready for it and Christians you're going to face it if you live a godly life no chastening for the present time seemeth to be joyous but grievous be prepared for what's coming in James chapter 5 and verse 11 it speaks about those we count them happy that endured that is the prophets who suffered affliction and Job's name is brought up there in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 19 and 20 it says endure grief suffering wrongfully you know what's happened to you is not just but we endure grief suffering wrongfully when you do good Peter said and suffer it and suffer for it this is acceptable with God the Lord Jesus did good and he got the cross and we need to endure the, through these things if you're a real soldier of Christ you will you won't pout and run off you'll stick at being a godly example and a Christian and Paul endured persecutions at Lystra he spoke about in 2nd Timothy well, we're right close to that 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and verse 11 <coughs> persecutions afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra what persecutions I endured but out of them all the Lord delivered me the Hebrew believers endured a great fight of afflictions in Hebrews 10 32 Moses endured esteeming the reproach of Christ better than the riches of Egypt he had respect under the recompense of the reward Hebrews 11 27 and Jesus endured the cross and the contradiction of sinners against himself as we have read there in Hebrews chapter 11 I mean chapter 12 and verse 2 and we conclude with that looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who through the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God at the throne of God for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest ye what be wearied and faint in your minds ye have not resisted unto blood striving against sin in other words you're still living <laughs> you haven't died for it let's die daily let's endure afflictions let's please the Lord Heavenly Father thank you for the instruction from your word thank you for Simon of Cyrene and his two sons that were servants of God that saw the cost of discipleship and I pray Lord that we take up our cross and bear it for you in the troublesome times that we may face that are ahead that we wouldn't give up give give up and give in and quit on you but keep serving you no matter what the cost and the glory will be great when we get to heaven and as we remember you tonight in your suffering may we rejoice that we can be counted part of it 
and we're a result of your suffering, <laughs> save sinners. And bless us as we remember this time, at this time, in Jesus' name. Amen.